Good evening and welcome to another episode of Nigeria Politics Weekly. As usual, my name is Michael and co-hosting with me is Phoenix. Today we have two guests. Our first guest is Dr. Uche Igwe. Dr. Igwe is a fellow at the London School of Economics and a political risk analyst. Our second guest is Ilemona Onoja, who's a member of the PDP, the People's Democratic Party. Now, the three topics we'll be discussing today are firstly, the ruling party, the All Progressives Congress, the APC, held the national convention. So we're going to discuss the details of what transpired and any drama within. The second topic we'll discuss is the declarations by governor, former governor Peter Obi of Anambra State and current governor of River State, Mieson Wike, that their declarations that they're interested in running for office in 2023. Our final topic is the terrorist attack on the Kaduna State Airport. Now, so to Phoenix, first topic, the APC convention, after so many delays, extensions, drama, bickering, they finally held their uh, gathering. But can you talk us through why no position in the party seemed to be done by democratic votes? They seem to adopt this process called consensus candidacy. Can you talk us through the reasoning behind that, Phoenix? Hi, Michael. And hi, Uche and Ilemona. Thanks for joining us this week. Hello, listeners. Um, <laughs> I think, so I, I wanted to paint a picture of why conventions happen, first of all, for, for our listeners, as, as many may be new to this or, or haven't always been involved. Typically, parties come together to choose, and they typically do that via, via uh, delegates. Um, in some cases, you might even have direct primaries uh, and, and things like that. But typically, you would have people who would vote for certain candidates for party offices. And, and then you choose your party officers who would then direct the affairs of the party for a period of time. It becomes more, even more important in years such as this when we have uh, a run-up to a general election. And so these people are going to be very important in making sure that the party is able to choose its uh, flag bearers for the various positions, particularly the position of the president. As we know, 2023 is an election year. So that brings us to the APC and, and their convention. And we know that there had been a lot of drama in the lead up to this convention. First, there was a, a, a caretaker uh, committee chairman who was removed and then reinstated. And then we, in the first few hours of the convention itself in Abuja, there was violence. But then, I mean, we, we, we get to the point of Michael's question, which was how come um, the, a process that is supposed to be the foundation of the democratic process, because you start from your party to bring people to uh, the general populace to vote for. So, so the party itself has to be an institution of democracy. And there's, there's no better way to show that than to have people you know, make their choice and be seen to be going through a process. Instead, what we had was that the APC convention ended up with 77 out of 78 positions done by what is called consensus, which is basically a, a group of people agreed on a list and sort of like that list became it. 
Um, I, I mean, I, and it speaks to the kind of party that the APC is. Uh, and if we look at their, I mean, their antecedents and how how things have always evolved, it's always been a question of a, a I mean, a few voices uh, being dominant, and and particularly in this in these times, you see that particularly the voice of the president has become very very dominant. Of course, he holds the the government apparatus and and obviously is not shy to wield it or whoever is wielding it on his behalf but quite quite clearly you could see that the party was the whole party was playing to a particular tune and and that led to to what we saw now it, it, again going back to my point around this being the foundation of democracy this this does not portend well for 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 the country one you, you then wonder what's going to happen during the, pri the primaries proper for the APC. I mean, the next couple of weeks, they're supposed to roll out their programs to begin working towards choosing their, um, their candidate for the presidency. And then if, if you're already starting with a non-democratic process where people are being chosen and foisted on party members, you then begin to wonder what's going to be the outcome of the primaries process themselves. This left a lot to be desired. It was not surprising, given what we've seen of the APC over the last few years. But uh, I think it just proves to, to Nigerians that, I mean, it, it's just, how would I put it, a, a stamp on the failure of the last seven years, the failure of the democratic process, the failure of being able to deliver progress, which is which culminates in this kind of thing. Because if you if you had a truly democratic party if you had a true a party that was progressive nobody would be afraid to let people go and make their choice during a convention nobody will be trying to you know push people away from aspiring or trying to to you know to aspire to offices within party not even at, at, at the at the at the country level and so it's it's a shame really but um it is what it is that's what the party is about Thank you, Phoenix. To Dr. Igwe. Dr. Igwe, the other question that raised a few eyebrows was the decision to make or to, by consensus, appoint former governor Adamu of Nasarawa State as the party chair, because people said this was someone who was charged with corruption, 15 billion dollars by the 15 billion naira by the efcc and then he'd allegedly made very incendiary or offensive comments about the farmer had a uh, dispute so why do you think someone from the formerly from the pdp accused of corruption accused of making in offensive comments about uh, farmers why do you think that's the sort of person the party chose as its leader uh, dr igwe well, it's, this is not about what I think. And I think what is critical here is that the selection or election of the chairman of a political party is an internal political party affair. And I think that the last time I checked, the has, that we have not seen any opposition as it were the consensus. So I think that the leaders of the All Progressive Congress came together and 
they accepted the current chairman, Senator Abdullah Adamu, as their chairman. So is this strictly an internal party affair? That said, right now, Senator Abdullah Adamu is a chairman of APC. If there are allegations against him, um, as you referred to, it is probably the role responsibility of APC as a party to respond to some of those. And I, I always tell people about the APC PDP thing. Well, it is easy uh, for people in the room to say, yes, this is an us and them dichotomy. This is APC, this is PDP. I, I consider it sometimes amusing because here we are, you see somebody who is PDP today, is APC tomorrow, and you see another person who is APC tomorrow, is PDP next tomorrow. So when you begin to say categorically that these are a bunch of saints, these are a bunch of thieves, I think you are just being either oversimplistic or dubious to say the least, or actually ignorant, because here we are, the political class, the Nigerian political class are the same. You know, just that, you know, by accident of power play, one set, some, one set of persons are in government, another set are in opposition. And indeed, there is an interesting dynamism. I mean, some months back, the governor of uh, Eboy State was a PDP member. Today, he's APC, same with the governor of Cross River State. And I am certain that there are several persons who have also come from APC back to PDP. So I don't think that it is fair to draw a very firm line separating them. And like I said, the status or the charges around Senator Abdullah Adamu remains the responsibility of APC, which is indeed a ruling party. And if, for instance, he's being persecuted as you allege, it is also the ruling party and the agencies of government that will be prosecuting him. So because these things are litigations, I do not want to, in fact, I'm not in any position to comment against, sorry, to comment about them. What I can say categorically is that the party, they have made their choice. Their choice is strictly theirs and as an, it is an internal party affair. And, you know, we just, you know, watch from the sidelines like we did during the convention. And I don't think it's correct for people to say that it was all consensus, all true. What people forget is that for, cons for consensus candidates to emerge, there's a whole lot of horse trading, behind the scene horse trading that usually takes place. And in this case, we saw on national TV that there was a lot of horse trading that happened. What happens is that why consensus is preferred is that it is less rancorous in my view, okay? People don't need to spend money. People, it's also cheaper as it were, because you need to sit with each other and bargain and somebody decides to withdraw. And we saw, and uh, we heard that the party will probably refund monies and all of that. So I think basically um, from an external point of view, the party, organized a cheaper convention in terms of what expenses people incur in campaigning and all of that. 
I believe that the democratic space can be better because that competition that you know contesting for positions could offer can be very fascinating, can be very interesting, even though it can be expensive. So, but then the party has chosen the consensus option. Who am I? You know, uh, so that is the way it is. And I, there were a few positions that were keenly contested. In fact, you know, we were watching them till about 5 a.m. There were positions that were contested. So I don't think it's particularly right to say X, Y, Z number of seats or positions were located and all of that. There were many, many positions that were contested. Um, and just because that it was, you know, the option of the party to take a consensus option. So those positions, in fact, people were whipping. There are people who, when they were asked to step down for this person, for this person, there are people who accepted those uh, options with uh, sportsmanship and equanimity. There are others who had to shed tears and reluctantly withdraw. For me, that is the beauty of politics. And that is what the party chose. So it is for them to live with the benefits as well as the consequences. Thank you, Dr. Igwe. Before I come to Ilemona, I just want to ask Phoenix to clarify some points because Phoenix, Dr. Igwe had said two things. The first thing he said was that it is an internal party affair whether or not Senator or former Governor Adamu was accused of corruption by the EFCC or had made any sort of offensive comments. He said that's an internal party affair. It's not for him to comment on that. And secondly, he says it's not true that it was a consensus uh, selection process, that in actual fact, there was competition. So how, how do you respond to these two points, Phoenix? I think that those two points are, I mean, clearly are, are not a reflection of reality. Number one, I was quite surprised when he was saying something about it's up to the party to decide to prosecute. I was like, I, I don't understand. Are we a one-party state? Is this communist Russia? Because I, I don't understand. You, you, you commit a crime. A, um, EFCC has, has, has said that this guy has committed a crime. The state should... Um, prosecute. You're talking about party. Is a party and states one one and the same? I mean, that that just was ludicrous in my in my view. And then to talk about the convention that we all saw, <laughs> that we all know that it, I mean that members were coming and clearly showing disaffection, even though they had to step down. We're we're calling that a democratic process. I think I mean. There's, the, I mean, the general view that everyone has is that what you watch was a farce. There is a reason why we call this a democratic and an, and an electoral process. People should go and vote. Yes, from time to time, you can say that, yes, um, certain positions might have opportunity for you to say, okay, we all agree that this is, uh, you know, but at least you still go through the process of nominating the person and then people will show that, yes, this is our overwhelming support. Not to have a whole slate of candidates, over 70 candidates. I mean, there was a list that was, that was produced that everybody saw that had signatures just before, just before the convention started. And we call that a democratic process. So I think on, 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 it's just ridiculous for me to hear that a, a party finds it right that somebody who has corruption allegations by the state 
the party finds it right to also put that person forward as his chairman. So what is the party saying? And this is the ruling party. We're not even saying that maybe it's the opposition party who are saying that they're being, um, they may be saying that they're being victimized or being, um, you know, you know, haunted because they're the opposition. You are a member of the ruling party and you have a case hanging over your head and the, the ruling party decides that, no, that's the person that's going to be the chairman. And now we're being told that it's up to, it's an internal party affair, whether, whether, whether that's right or not. I think that's, I mean, it's, I mean, that's ridiculous to say the least. So thank you, Phoenix. Now let me go to Ilemona. Ilemona, I know you're a member of the PDP, but from your analysis and observation of the APC convention, who would you say are the winners? Because obviously the party is made up of different power blocks. You have the Tinubu block, you have the Orufai gang, you have the Buhari camp, you have a variety of camps. So which camps would you describe as the winners? And who would you say were the losers in this uh, selection election process? Uh, <laughs> I like the phrase selection election process. Um, there are many winners and there are many losers. And I think in, in, in a broad manner of speaking, everybody who went, every member of the APC, every power block was a little bit of a loser. Um, this afforded, this was an opportunity to my mind, an opportunity not take, taken from an opposition perspective point of view. I'm grateful for that. For them to consolidate their party ranks. There's been many divisions, far too many people run across, um, you know, running across purposes. The APC, in my opinion, is a party of strange bedfellows that was formed with one objective to take power, having taken it back in 2015, not knowing what to do with it. Um, there are those of, and it, it's seeing as not many of his um, proposed or preferred candidates won that those people who believe that this was a blow to Volatinable's ambitions to be presidential candidate of the APC. There are many people who see that because pretty much all his preferred candidates didn't win, right? Um, there are many people who say behind the scenes that this arrangement favors Rotemi Amechi, um, but the conclusion, the inescapable conclusion is that this is a party that is in disarray. It really is that simple. There are far too many competing interests. And when a party is shaped up that way, everybody, to my mind, is a loser. Uh, and so that, that's, my, that's my answer to the question. I think that in more ways than one, each power block in the APC lost over the course of the weekend. Um, I, 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 can I refer to something that Dr. That Dr., uh, that Dr. said? Can I, can I yes, respond no, to something? No problem. Um, Please go ahead. No, it isn't a, an internal party affair. When the chairman, the newly elected um, chairman of the political party is charged with um, corruption to the tune of 15 billion naira. That money wasn't party money. That money was state, it was public funds. So it isn't an internal party affair, right? We are not all members of the APC. That money belongs to PDP, SDP, and members of other political parties. It belongs to the Nigerian people. It's not a party affair. It raises cause, cause for concern when the person, the person who was elected national vice chairman for the Southwest 
once upon a time faced corruption charges and those corruption charges were dropped simply because he helped them win an election. There is a national narrative that has been proven several times over that if you're facing corruption charges and you join the APC, they will make those corruption charges go away, no matter whether you're guilty or not. And we've seen a slew of people only join the APC because they're seeking to escape prosecution. Very different from PDP years when senior members of the political party were made to face corruption charges while they were in the political party. <coughs> Excuse me. So I, I think it is, we shouldn't gloss it over. It's a significant issue. It's a significant issue, particularly for a political party that came into power on the back of a stated objective to fight corruption. If, you're, if you've been voted for by 15 million people in the first election, by almost 16 million people in the second election, on the basis of your statements that you will find cor fight corruption, not only are you condoning it, you're helping people escape from it, then that leaves a lot of worrying. That leaves a lot to be worried about. Like I said, it's not APC's money, it's public funds. And we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be glossing it over in that manner. Thank you, Ilemona. I have a final question for Dr. Igwe. Dr. Igwe, you, you've heard all the responses people have made to the comments you've made. And I suppose the, the question is, why do you feel that the Nigerian public don't have the right to be annoyed that somebody who's been accused of embezzling $15 billion, 15 billion naira by the EFCC is made chairman of the APC. Why do you not think the Nigerian people should be upset about that, Dr. Igwe? Yes, I think that um, I was listening carefully to uh, the earlier speaker, and I also listened to the introduction you specifically told us that he was a spokesperson of one of the presidential... Oh, sorry, your, your, your volume is quite low. Could you speak up, please, Dr. Igwe? Your volume is below. Yes. Um, I said I listened keenly to the introduction um, when you introduced the earlier speaker. And you did refer that he is a PDP member and probably the incoming spokesperson of one of the presidential aspirants. So when he started speaking, I was waiting for him to say anything complimentary and he didn't disappoint me. He said everything I expected him to say as a member of the opposition party. So I'm not surprised that he cannot see anything good in the just concluded convention of the APC because he's PDP. That's it. I think that I do not want to defend corruption. Um, you know, by no means do I want to do that. But what I also want to say is that there's a difference between someone being charged and someone being convicted. So uh, people want to sort of take people to the court of public opinion and sentence those persons in the media. I don't think that is right. We have courts and our courts are there for a purpose. And some of you have alluded to the fact that there is 
a trial going on. There are charges. So why don't we wait until these charges are proven, like lawyers say, beyond every reasonable doubt, and probably this person you are referring to is either convicted or freed before we can say specifically that he has billions of public resources. For me, if he is convicted, I think that it is important that he faces the law, as far as I'm concerned as a law-abiding citizen. But I am not going to succumb to the bandwagon effect of trying him in the media and sentencing him in the court of public opinion. So that said, I want to also say that this whole idea of consensus and the least circulating, you know, there are people who, you know, they go on the internet and they, you know, read up things and they make assumptions. I want to say very clearly that there are so many people, if you look at that list that circulated with all signatures and everything, there are so many of them whose names appeared on that list and who either withdrew or, you know, their names did not quite, you know, appear when we saw the final list. And I have two examples. One is... Um, Dr. Ewe, um, your, your, your volume seems to be going up and down. Are you, are you able to... Yes. Maybe change. Is, are you are you hearing me now? Is it better now? Yes, it's better now. So okay. If whatever you're doing, stick with it now. Yes. Okay. Yes. The consensus, the consensus list, and at the initial unity list that was circulating, and I looked at the list keenly, and I found out that the final list we saw, there were names that were contained in that list, you know, that had signatures that we did not see in the final list. That means that there were things that took place between the time that unity list was signed and, you know, and the end of the convention. And I did say that there are people who were asked to step down. They refused to step down and they insisted that an election would take place. And elections did take place. People voted in that convention. Just to say that, yeah, the whole thing happened, um, you know, predominantly through consensus, you know, did not, it does not mean really that um, there was no election and constitution. And I don't know why somebody would tell me, if you are not a member of all progressive Congress, why would you bother about whether they chose convention, consensus or direct voting? You know, that is, an internal party affair. And until somebody comes out to say, I disagree, if you, if you follow up what happened, whether they negotiated, whether some people withdrew, what we saw is that people said, we agree that Senator Blah had and they agreed, whether they, you know, 20 people agreed, agreed, I think that is the beauty of democracy. There will be dissenting voices. But what is important is that a majority of the members of APC agreed to go by consensus. Will there be dissenting voices naturally? So, and I think that I want to repeat again that how a party selects their party officials is strictly an intra-party affair. 
and for opposition for opposition members and spokespeople is the right thing and for them to see things negative about what happened it is also the right thing that is the way to grow and I think that, you know, thank, for my thank you. Did thank you, Dr. Ikwe. I have to step in because of one response. Can no, I, just I think I think because of response. time. Okay, I'll, I'll give you one, 30 seconds, Ilemona, then we have to move on to the next topic. So you have 30 seconds very to respond. Quickly, very quickly. When people are being threatened using the apparatus of state, at least one person was recorded telling someone else, a contestant in the primaries, that legal cases have been brought up against you. When people are being threatened using the apparatus of state, I'm sorry, it's no longer an APC issue. It's a national issue. The apparatus of state belong to the Nigerian people. That is a national issue. When the ruling party does not show any sort of internal democracy, it is a reflection of its outlook towards the elections. If they cannot conduct proper elections within the conclave of their political party, how can we trust them to conduct proper elections for our nation? It is a national issue. If they do not want us to speak about it, if they do not want us to speak about their undemocratic conduct and practices, then they should leave the position of ruling party as long i'm not going to be here i mean you will not find that many people will discuss sdp or ypp or any of the other political parties in this manner at the moment that is the country that is the party that affects my life and yours they are the ruling party of course we're going to talk about them it's not solely their internal practice whatever happens in their political party spills out of their political party and affects the rest of us who are not members of their political party thank, of thank course you we're going to talk about it thank you Lemona. uh fortunately 30 seconds is up no no dr Igwe, no, we, we have to move on. Of, I, just I, 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 I cannot, Dr. Ibrahim, because we have to move on. If he was a member of APC, then there will be legitimacy in what he's saying. But what I see is legitimacy deficit because he is not a member of APC. I mean, Nigeria. Okay, thank, literally thank, thank, you, thank you. Thank you, Lemona. We have to move on to the next topic uh, because of time. But uh, it's been an interesting debate. The governor, former governor of Anambra State, Peter Obi, and the current governor of River State, Nyesom Wike, have both declared their interest in running for office in 2023. Um, Phoenix, in many respects, the two candidates are the diametrical opposites of each other, both in uh, temperament, in just every, everything to do with politics. They seem to be on the opposite sides, although they are, they are both members of the PDP. What, what was your response, Phoenix, to both their declarations were you excited you disappointed or what what, what, what your, are your initial thoughts phoenix i think when i look when i look at the uh, cast of characters um, vying for presidency i think um peter Obi's declaration was one that i was waiting for because i mean like i like i've been saying i, I believe very strongly that that the next president should come from the southeast not only because I, I believe in equity and, and that we have to have balance in, in Nigerian politics, at least while we are still trying to grow this politics and this democracy of ours and ensure that it really stays for posterity. I mean, you can see people defending consensus 
convention. So you can know that we have a long way to go. But um, um, so that so that excited me in the sense that he's not only from from there, but he's clearly head and shoulders above anyone else that has raised their hand as far as I'm concerned. So that was great. Uh, the ES on week one was more of a uh, comic relief. Um, number one, he's, of course, he's from the South South, so as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't qualify. Number two, I don't think any right-thinking person thinks that uh, ES on week should, should be someone who should be anywhere near the presidency of Nigeria. So, and, and that's that's a firm stance that I hold. So it's interesting. Uh, I mean, it, uh, the more the merrier. Let's see. Let's see how many more people raise their hands, and as we race towards the primaries of all the parties, we see who the final gladiators will be, and and then we 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 take it from there. But it, it's it's proven interesting. I mean, we're seeing uh, a lot of uh, uh, people showing keen interest, which makes all the sense in the world because the incumbent will not be running again. Um, and therefore, the field is open, um, and uh, they, I'm sure there'll be more to throw their hats in the ring as the time uh, passes on. Thank you, Phoenix. Dr. Igwe, um, there was a bit of a debate earlier on today when Governor Wike made his announcement because you said, and I quote, tell Governor Wike that Nigerians do not need another Kai Kai drinker as their president. We have been there before. He can stay back, back in Port Harcourt and keep building flyovers. Now, a lot of people, it generated a lot of debate because of this reference to another Kai Kai drinker. So first of all, first of all, I presume Kai Kai is some kind of uh, uh, alcoholic drink. So are you implying that Governor Wike is an alcoholic? And are you saying Somebody else was an alcoholic as well. Can you talk us through that that uh, comment? Before I do that, I just want to repeat the elegant statement that uh, the earlier speaker made. And um, for this one, I agree with him. I did think that no, Doctor Igwe, you sorry, you need to increase your volume. There seems to be something wrong with your volume whenever you're speaking. Is it better now? Yeah, it's better now. But so. Oh. Oh, it's, it's gone down again. We can't seem to hear you, Dr. Igwe. Are you there, Dr. Igwe? Yes, I'm here. Are you hearing me? Your, your volume seems to be low. Are you speaking with a microphone or what are you using? No, no, I'm just speaking to my computer. Okay, it's, it's better now. So don't move, just okay. stay away and speak. Okay, I, I just wanted to... And I just want to um, repeat what he said. He said that um, Mr. Nyesonwike's declaration was a comic relief and that he is not someone who needs to be anywhere close to the presidency. I think for the first time, I agree with him. And um, that, is, that was just what I expanded in the post I made. I, I think that is in the public domain that Mr. Nwike has addressed several press conferences and the way he was speaking and backing and disruptive clearly points to someone who is abusing substance, be it alcohol, it could be other things. Um, so I don't think that 
uh, there's any news in that post I made, I was very surprised that people were responding to it as if there was any news. There was no news. So, so, so who, is the, who is the another? So who is there, the another? There, there, I will come to that. There are several videos of Nyesomwike speaking and backing, and you don't need to. I mean, is a kind. Any kindergarten will know that this person is speaking under an influence. Now, um, when you make posts, people are free to interpret the post the way they like. And I think that those who are tempted to uh, interpret the post probably have more information than myself. And why I did not continue to respond to them is that I really wanted them to tell me who the next person was. Um, and you know, I am still following the comments as they are pouring in. And I know that somewhere along the line, they will reveal who the next person. As far as I'm concerned, there have been several occupants in the villa. And except I have concrete evidence, I have respect for the office of the president, whether serving or former, except they have concrete evidence to provide. I don't think I can comment further on that. Thank you. And then what, ab what about uh, Peter? No, Michael, you can't let him get off on that. No, 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 no. I was about to interject. I was literally about to interject. Okay. No, no, no. You will not interject. You will not interject. Okay. Let's not interject. Can I respond? Did someone put a gun to his head when he was typing it? You clearly, I mean, this is a PhD holder for crying out loud. I mean, from the London School of Economics. How can you come and Types tweet something and then be telling us that you are waiting for some people to come and validate what you tweeted. <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't say validate. People have info. You are free to interpret the post I made. If, if you and didn't if you have, have the information, information, why did you tweet it? Exactly. No, 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 no. That is the information about the situation with Mr. Nelson Wike is in the public domain. We all know that. If you are making reference to another, we don't person, all know that, and that's another. Make, that's another no, 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 no. The correct. videos are in the because public we're, domain. We're alluding to the, the videos that. are in the public domain, and he does not leave anybody in doubt that he speaks under some sort of influence. Well, so, so, so clear. But the thing is this: the whole controversy is around the other person, and you see, I have, I am open to nominations about who that other person could be. I don't have any assumptions. I don't have any suggestions. But you I made a that... reference to another person. Jeez. Yes, that's you, what I'm saying. Not somebody and else. You wrote and said there's another person. The question no, 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 here no, no, no. now, the question that you're being asked is, who was the another person you referred to? It wasn't somebody else who tweeted for you. You now made that are, reference we, to the now, existence of another person. Now, now, sir, we are commenting about the office of the president, the highest office in the land. Yeah, but you're the one that cast that question. If you followed up, hold on, if you followed up the, the responses, the rest, some of them even said that somewhere in Ethiopia, somebody was drunk and all of that and all of that. And I am just following the comments. People are providing evidence. You know, when you make some of those claims that people are making on my wall, you substantiate them. Those are extraordinary claims. We are talking about the office of the president. And that said, I think that if they provide evidence that clearly points to a former president, I will only applaud them and accept that as valid. 
So what you're telling I'm us, sorry. What you're telling, what you're telling us now is that most with your, with your most PhD, you are you are you are prone to frivolity and to just putting no, out. No, 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 no. Please, uh, please. I don't want. Uh, I don't want anybody to directly or indirectly, you know, impugn on um, uh, my my degree. We want extraordinary evidence to substantiate. No, no, you put something out, and and, and maybe Michael, let's move on to Lemona with your next question. But can, you, I, can, okay. I, can I? Can I? Can I? Can I get involved here? And he's, can I, can, and, he's and he's now trying to dance around it and say that he's waiting. And and and, 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 and okay. a minute, finish. finish. Okay, you, it's uh, my turn. So you, so can I you speak want a member okay. of the People Demo People's Democratic Party to be objective in this kind of question that okay. really, really borders on his party leaders? No, hold on. No, no. Can I, 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 everybody I has objectivity. Do you expect objectivity from him? No, 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 no. So just we, answer me. Okay. I am like not asking you that. Are you expecting objectivity? Well, do you expect this individual to be objective on this matter? That's actually funny. So it's very funny. Are you expecting objectivity? Tell me yes. Then I give up. Just hold on, hold on first. What you're trying to. What you are trying yeah. to tell us, what you are trying to tell us is that you you are devoid of any objectivity once they talk about APT, right? Which, no, no, which no, no, explains no, no. why and, you are defending. And when you introduced why me, you did you defending... introduce me as an APC member? No, but I you have clearly that... you have clearly been no. been. No, no, no. Did you introduce APC. me as an APC member? How come you introduced my colleague as a PDP member? And it's because I'm not a friend of this. I own my bias. Okay. Correct. Correct. Please. 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 Please is because I do not see the need to hide behind a finger. If I'm going to take a position, I will take a position and then I will provide evidence that substantiates my position. I will not tweet something or say something and ask that maybe members of the public should please supply evidence. I won't do that. You're trying to hide behind a finger. You made a reference to another president. You not anyone else, own it. You were definitely referring to someone. If I want to refer to someone, I will call the person's name. Like I am about to do, nobody who speaks in favor of the catastrophic disaster that has been President Muhammadu Buhari and the APC should come out in public and say, Wiki doesn't deserve to be anywhere near the presidency. That's preposterous. You cannot defend the, inc the, the incidents of the last seven years. You cannot say that the last seven years have been anywhere near okay. You cannot say that Buhari and the people who have ruled us for the last seven years and have taken us to the worst places in our national history, you cannot speak on their behalf or speak in defense of them or speak in promotion of them and then come back and say other people shouldn't be near the office of the president. My goodness, what, what's that? We've had the worst sort of leadership in our last seven years. In the, in the history of our country, it has never been this bad. All of a sudden we have standards. Where were these standards when we're talking about educational qualifications? Where were these standards when we're talking about post-governmental post qualifications between 1985 and 2015? 
Where were these standards? Where were these standards when we're talking about this man who is our president, whose party you speak in favor of, that you have shown an obvious, obvious bias for? Where were these standards when we're talking when we're saying he was an ethnic jingoist, he was a bigot, he's narrow-minded? Where were these standards? These standards when we said he had shown a gross incapacity to be president of this country. Where were these standards? All of a sudden, after the last seven years, we remember that we have standards. Suddenly, we remember morality. Suddenly, we remember and we're bringing up these stories. Um, Eleven, I'm sorry. sorry, No, 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 Dr. Igwe, I have have to. With due respect, with due respect, with due respect, at our level, we cannot, we must not come to the level of conjecture where we are talking about alcoholic substances and where we are talking about on the basis of conjecture, we are talking about abuse of psychotropic substances. We cannot come down to that level. We must be better than that. If members of our society who patronize bear parlors and do bear parlor gossip do that, we must hold ourselves to a higher standard of national discourse. We cannot come down to that level. I'm very sorry we can't. So, Eleven, I just want to ask a quick question before we move on to our next topic, because obviously, go ahead, sir. Your, it's it's obvious that your your preferred candidate for the PDP's ticket is Bukola Saraki. Yes, please. And now that uh, we have Wike in the race alongside mm-hmm. Peter Obi, what do you think are the prospects of your candidate in getting the party's ticket, and how I do you compare your candidate, candidate to them? I think that my candidate is the best place of all of them, to be honest. First of all, speaking about my political party, all the people who come out, who are coming out on the platform of my political party have a verifiable track record of the ability to improve the lives and well-being of the people that they have led thus far. They, they have verifiable track records, you know, and it's a thing of joy that this quality of people are coming out to aspire to be president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria on the platform of our party. But having said all that, I think that my, my candidate stands head above, head and shoulders above everybody else. I think so. I think that he's shown um, over the course of his career from advisory when it was SA budget to President Lucia Gwabasanjo, to when he was governor, to when he was senator, to when he was Senate president, he's shown the ability to be able to look for and seek to implement a completely different way of, of, of um, a completely different approach to that office than the predecessors that he had that always yielded results. I think that my candidate has shown at the moment that he's what the PDP needs. Our party needs to rebuild its organs. It, re- it needs to rebuild its machinery. He's shown the ability to pull people together to form a consensus. He's shown the ability to pull people together to give them like-mindedness. He's shown the ability to desire more. I'll say one thing, you know, he's constantly been criticized for having left the political party and come back, right? But on both occasions, he left the ruling party, went to an opposition party, left an opposition party, left the ruling party again, went to the opposition party in constant search of what he believes in, that Nigerians deserve better and that the ruling party at that time wasn't giving what Nigerians deserved to the Nigerian people. I think that it is not even, it ought not to even be a contest. If I had my way, the PDP will give him the ticket today so that we can simply just get over 
to the actual work of showing Nigerians what our plans, policies, and projections for the future are. I suppose my, 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 my follow-up question to that, Ilemona, is it's a question about judgment. As you, when you were giving your passionate speech to Uche Igwe, you talked about how you had warned about Buhari being divisive, being a bigot, being incompetent, and what have you. But the question is, at the time when you were issuing these warnings, the man who you support now was actually supporting Buhari and disagreeing with you that Buhari was not an ethnic bigot, that Buhari was the man who could transform Nigeria. So the question is, how are you criticizing the APC when the man you claim is best qualified to support the country also showed, in many people's view, bad judgment in supporting Buhari in the first place. How then can we trust him to make wise decisions going forward? If I didn't get this question from you in particular, I'd have been surprised because this is something that you've been very passionate about. But it is this, yeah? They, they had meetings. They had conversations, one-on-ones. They spoke, they discussed what they thought, what my principal at this time thought was a shared view of what Nigeria could be, what Nigeria should be, and what, if they worked together, Nigeria would be. Very quickly after they got the opportunity to be able to deliver that, he saw that there was a divergence of, of belief and that um, people were giving promises that President Buhari and some people with him were giving promises, were taking positions that they essentially didn't believe in and that they were only using as a mask with which to access power. And very, very early in the life of this administration, he took a departure and he said, this was not what I signed up for. Very, very early. There are many people who believe that if he had stayed on, perhaps some of the things that have happened to him since his trials and persecutions, his loss of elections, and all the attendant things that have followed through wouldn't have happened. But very early, he said, hold on, no, no, no. This is not what we promised the Nigerian people. This is not what we agreed that we're going to deliver. This is not a representation of the sort of plans and projections that we did at that time. It's very simple. One person wore a smoke screen, had conversations, agreed to plans, agreed to projections, simply because he believed that, you know what, let me do this so that I can access power. And then once that person did, he, 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 rather than giving, um, fulfilling his promise of change, he implemented a change of promise. I, I believe that between then and now, Bukola Saraki has made sufficient enough sacrifice for us to be able to see that he said, yeah, well, this isn't what we promised, but I'm not going to hang around with people who are going to, who promised one thing and then are doing another. That's what I believe. He's shown a commitment to being able to stand for what he believes in. And at the time from 2015 to date, he immediately saw that these people that made promises, had conversations with me, simply had no intentions of following through. Thank you, Ilemona, for your response. Obviously, the listeners will make their judgment as to who is the best candidate. But onto our final topic, which is the terrorist attack or the alleged terrorist attack on the Kaduna airport. Um, Phoenix, there was a time when or people still are afraid to travel by road because they said there, there were bandits or kidnappers on the road from Abuja to Kaduna. So people started going by air and rail. 
And then even the train was apparently subject to attack and now the airport. So can you talk us through Phoenix? What What, what is going on? Are you, are you saying nowhere is safe in the country? Is that, is that what, where we are now, Phoenix? I, th- I think, I mean, Kaduna is clearly not safe. I mean, if, if there is one state uh, that consistently uh, we've seen that there's a complete security breakdown, despite the fact that this is the one state where I dare say that we have the most security installations um, in, in one particular state in, across the country. It's incredible. Time after time, we keep seeing incidents in Kaduna State that just are, are mind-blowing. I mean, you talked about um, um, inability of people to travel by road. The Abuja-Kaduna Abuja um, Expressway is, you know, travel at your own peril. I mean, you have uh, incidents such as kidnappings. You have the Nigerian Defense Academy itself was attacked. And then now you have an airport also attacked. So you're like, I mean, but but to single but so that's to say that Kaduna is like is like the poster child for all that is wrong with Nigeria security architecture. I mean, we know that across the country um, there there is insecurity. We know that across um, all of the north. I mean, before it used to be the northeast with the Boko Haram issues. Then of course, North Central would have its own. Uh, uh, issues between farmers farmers and herders and and all of those and some even in the past we used to have ethnic clashes and and things like that and then we started to have banditry in the northwest and and so now it's clearly across the north you know that there are issues in the southeast there's agitation from odudua and then you I mean, it's it's insane the, the level of insecurity across the whole country but this incident in kaduna just further brings brings home the fact that even in, in places where you expect security to be at a high level, there's a, there's a total breakdown. And, and it goes not, not only to, um, to the fact that all of these different hotspots that I've mentioned, but to the lack of capability um, of the government to deal with this insecurity crisis and to put in lasting solutions. You keep hearing over and over again, I mean, they're doing something. They're going to do their best, blah, blah, blah. Nothing happens. It only gets worse. How do you have an airport, which should be one of the most secure locations in any country, attacked by bandits, you know, causing loss of life, causing a delay to to air traffic, to a flight that was about to take off, and it required the the response of, of, of soldiers to be able to, you know, beat off these bandits. And even, you know, the fact that they had that, um, um, you know, that uh, belief that they could carry out such an attack, just it's, it's mind-numbing. It's the fact that they, they, they clearly understand that the Nigerian government, the Nigerian state and its, and its uh, security forces are incapable of putting a stop to to anything and so you wonder for how long will this continue how long will we continue to have vulnerable people across the country continue to be the brunt of of the insecurity crisis in the midst of you know some of the worst economic conditions that we have we, we complain about about lack of fuel we complain about 
you know, inflation, we complain about, uh, you know, electricity issues. There's so many debilitating issues across the country, you know, no jobs, nothing, and then security just compounds it all. Nobody feels safe. Nobody can travel safely. Um, and and the, the, the government and its security forces are completely helpless and hapless and have no way of, of undoing all of this. It's, it's, it's really worrisome. Thank you, Phoenix. Let me go to Dr. Igwe. Dr. Igwe, the All, All Progressives Congress, the APC, has been triumphant for over seven years. Yet, insecurity seems to be getting worse. Um, do you agree that they failed? And is, is there a reason why they can't seem to get to grips with, with securing the railways, the roads, the airports? Is, is, isn't this a sign that the Buhari government has failed, Dr. Igwe? Well, I think that I would um, hesitate to, um, to become magisterial in allocating who has failed and who has succeeded. What I would rather say is that the incident of insecurity, especially the one that recently happened in Kaduna is regrettable, and I think it's also avoidable. Um, that the bandits, whosoever they are, have become audacious enough to get into what should have been the safest and most secure locations in our country is worrisome. I am worried about it. But I also know that um, from available research that the whole security situation is becoming complex, is becoming transnational, and deserves a more coordinated and, and a more sophisticated response. So I think that um, the government could do more. Um, I would not say they have failed completely, but because the situation is a situation that is mutating by the day, while you are trying to get a grip of the Boko Haram, you begin to get bandits, while you're thinking about how to curb the bandit situation, you begin to get unknown gunmen. So it is really complicated. And I think that it is good to say the most important duty of any government is to secure lives and properties. And you know, the situation is, is such that more can be done. Um, and that said, I think that there are other underlying issues Post-COVID, the economy has been very bad. Unemployment has been high. Nigeria remains the global capital of poverty. And I think that it is, it is oversimplistic to talk about insecurity without linking them up to unemployment, without linking them up to poverty. I think that a holistic solution is necessary. Kinetic and military-based solutions to insecurity all over the world have failed. We know the recent experience in Afghanistan. So I think that for me, rather than begin to say the government or they haven't, is to begin to think about a much more robust non-kinetic approach to the security challenges so that be the you know, Boko Haram, be the unknown government, un, sorry, unknown, unknown gunmen, what do they call it? Or unknown gunmen, whatever they call it. Um, 
so that we can have a much more robust sustainable solution. So I think that the box stops on the table of government and I agree with some of the earlier commentators, but I also think that as citizens, um, you know, we have some contribution to make because, you know, the security is a responsibility of government, but even as a citizen, you have a role to play in securing yourself. So yes, it is an ill wind that blows no good to anyone. And I think that um, I joined those who would say that the government need to do more in terms of securing the lives and properties of citizens and then take the lessons from uh, the incident in Kaduna and know that uh, if they don't scale up their response and preventive capabilities, the bandits could begin to get more emboldened and may even begin to attack you know, secure places that than even, you know, like government houses and things like that. If they could come to the airport, then I'm afraid there is no place that they cannot come. And I hear they come in their numbers, 200, 300. There's a lot to worry about. And I think that we need to step back, not as PDP or APC, but as Nigerian citizens, to think together and evolve a sustainable solution. That's my Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Igwe. Let me bring in Elamona because... Ilemona, as we speak, you've just informed me, and I've seen the news as well, terrorists have just bombed the Abuja-Kaduna railway. Uh, there's heavy gunfire, and I think some of the tracks have been blown up. But the question I want to ask you is, Dr. Igwe has said he doesn't think anybody has failed. He doesn't want to ad adopt a magisterial approach by blaming anybody. He says we're all responsible for security and it is not an apc or pdp problem it's a nigeria problem um how would you respond to that Ilemona? do do you agree with dr igwe that you of course not it's the primary levers is the primary the constitution says the security and welfare of the nigerian people shall be the responsibility of government, not of the Nigerian people. The reason why we have a government is so that in because we can't all be government and we can't all be leaders, we cede some of our rights to a group of people that we elect and say, for the purposes of this, that, and the other, one of which the primary, one of which is security, you lead the way and we follow. Our leaders haven't led the way. When the news of the attack on the um, Kaduna International Airport broke, the first response of many pro-government voices was to deny that it happened. We live in a, we are led by a government that will rather because they, they, they are more concerned about image than the actual lives of Nigerian people, they would rather deny that things happen than confront it head on. Maybe if they had confronted it head on over the weekend when it happened, we wouldn't have bandits or terrorists, that's what they are, they're not bandits, attacking the train less than 200 kilometers away from your nation's capital. We wouldn't have that. Listen, 
The government has failed. Let me tell you something, um, Gege. In the year 2021, right, there were 17, there were more than 17,000 media reported killings in various acts of terrorism in Nigeria. That is a wartime figure. Lebanon didn't post that many killed people in the year 2021. They are at war. Syria did not post that many, that many killed people in 2021. They are at war. We're supposedly not at war. Yet 17,000 media reported killings in this country. That is failure of epic proportions. It's not even just a fail. No, they didn't just fail. They failed monumentally. They are failing spectacularly. And if they continue this way, they will fail, continue to fail on levels never before seen in national history. The government isn't dealing with security issues. It has abdicated that responsibility. And we have a situation where large, so, you, you know, we hear that thing that, oh, we have ungoverned spaces. No, we don't have ungoverned spaces. We have spaces that are not governed, that are governed by non-state actors. We have spaces that are governed by terrorists, that our government is either failing, refusing, or neglecting to, to, um, to take on headlong. And we're losing large swaths of our country to those people, to terrorists. Where, listen, that Abuja Kaduna rail line that I just sent to you now is less than 200 kilometers from our nation's capital. They're attacking, um, they're attacking national installations in a country that has Nigerian Defense um, Academy, NDA, that has the Command and Staff College in Jaji, that has the one mechanized infantry division, infantry no less, in Kaduna, that has all sorts of, that has an Air Force base in Kaduna, that has all sorts of military inst installations, that is home to some of, the, some of the best, brightest, most intelligent military officers that have crossed the face of the African continent, perhaps even the world. That place, that state, hosts them, and then they're strolling. I mean, really, only last year, was it the year before last, we had terrorists attack the Nigerian Defense Academy, kidnap a major, and leave no coordinated response. No coordinated response. At some point, we must open our eyes and call it for what it is. It is failure of epic proportions. Thank you, Ilemona. It's been an interesting conversation but our time is up so i must first of all thank you thank you dr igwe thank you lemona onoja for taking time out of your busy schedules to be here we i thought it was an en enriching and enlightening debate and hopefully our listeners will make their own judgments but i must also thank phoenix for co-hosting this podcast and thank you to our listeners for being patient loyal and always give always giving us helpful feedback but until same time next week, I say have a fantastic seven days to everyone. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It was Thanks. a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Michael. And thanks, uh, Uche and Uma, for joining us. Thanks, listeners. And have a great week, everyone. <laughs>